the last message of this series, Asking for a Friend. I've enjoyed this series. I won't review kind of where we are. This is the fifth week. There are four other messages. I won't give you all of those, but I do encourage you. Go back to the podcast. They're all very different, and they all address questions that you asked. Uh, I'd like to hear a message about. I want to hear a sermon on this topic. Uh, during our Easter survey, next Easter we'll uh, provide you with a survey and it'll ask you that same question. I'd like to hear a message about. And then we just took the top five questions that you asked and we went to God's Word and answered those questions. Like, how do I raise godly kids? And, 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 and how do I discover my purpose uh, last week? You know, how, how do I know what God's you know, calling me to do? We, just, we went through those questions you know, all, all the way through and I want you to catch up on that. Today... Probably has the opportunity to change your life the most. I really think that. I think it's, I think it's probably uh, the one that will free you the most. And the one that has the potential, if you'll walk out of here and apply what we talk about, to really change everything in your life. And it's this. Here's the question that you ask. How do I forgive? I want to hear a message about forgiveness. I want to know how to get past my past. I want to know how, how do I forgive the people who've hurt me, the things that have hurt me, the experiences that have hurt me. How do I let go of the things in my life, because when you're young, when you're growing up, it's easy to sort of have this idealistic mindset that everybody's for you, that everybody's on your side. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You're full of hope. You're full of optimism about the future. And then you just live long enough. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but if you're not in the middle of a storm right now, just wake up tomorrow. <laughs> There's a possible. If you'll just keep waking up, you're just going to bump into one because that's the way life uh, happens. And unfortunately, in the middle of that. Things start hurting, and life starts hurting. And I'm going to kind of, in prayer for this message, I really felt the Lord direct me in one very specific direction, so I'm just going to go that way that I felt like the Lord told me. But life doesn't just hurt, but listen really close. Words hurt you more than you give them credit for. I think the biggest hurt that people have and carry around in their life is not what's maybe happened to them, but what was said to them. Whoever said this phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will... They lied to you. Those people lied to you. That's not a truth. Sticks and stones will break your bones. That's a fact. But, but words hurt. It should go like this. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will break my spirit. Words will wound my soul. Words that people in your life spoke to you, negative things in your life, relationships where he told you something, or your parents didn't affirm you, or <clears throat> your grandparents said you'll never be. That stuff sticks with me forever. A broken bone can be repaired, but a broken heart, some of you have carried that for decades and maybe a lifetime. And Now here you are broken and hurting and you don't know what to do with that. And the question I think you're asking, at least this is what I feel like the Lord told me that you were asking, is how do I get past that hurt? Like how do I forgive what they said? How do I forgive when they said, I don't love you anymore? They said it would be forever. We said, I do, in front of the church, in front of our parents, in front of our family. And then he didn't, she didn't. What do I do when they said, you're so stupid, you're never going to amount to anything. I wish I'd never had you. You were a mistake. Dad and I didn't want you. We wanted your siblings. And then, you, and then you realize, if you live long enough, you realize that you sort of, all those words that have spoken over you are stuck to you. You know what I'm saying? You, you ever said this? My, my, my little girl still says this. Uh, 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 I, I'm rubber and, and you're glue and whatever you say bounces off me and sticks to you. Yeah, anyway. Uh, like, that's true. Some of that stuff sticks to you to you're 50, 60 years old. Some of us today in 30s and 40s and 50s and, and that stuff stuck to us and you've, and you've strapped it to your shoulders and to your heart and now you've got some baggage you're carrying around with you and you don't know how to forgive. 
I don't know how to get past all of that stuff. Not a lot of baggage. It's something I can manage, but you live longer, and you compensate, and you learn to live with what somebody said about you and the weight of their words. And then life moves on, and more stuff happens. Your best friend betrays you, and the person that you thought was a Christian doesn't act like a Christian, and, and, and they let you down, and you try your very best, and, and then someone tells you they just don't love you, or someone that you love tells you you're just not good enough and before you know it you're carrying more baggage and more stuff is stuck to you and you do the best that you can to convince yourself that all those hurtful things are not true but before very long you've got this wounded spirit and now you're scarred with all this negativity these negative things that have happened to you or said to you and you're carrying it around and now you begin to identify yourself by what they said about you how do I forgive when someone tells me I'm not good enough And you start carrying it in the first person. Instead of, I don't love you, now it's no one loves me. I can't ever trust anyone anymore. I can't ever have have real intimacy in my life. My life is too messed up. I can never have, I hear this all the time. Pastor, that makes sense for everybody else, but God doesn't mean that for me. Uh, I can't have God's best in my life. And you got more baggage and more stuff. And it hurts. And life becomes heavy. And you start to wonder. Sometimes it gets so bad you wonder, is it worth going on? Is is, is this marriage worth it? it, uh, Everything in your life starts to sour. I know it's getting heavy, but you ask, how do I forgive? And uh, relationships sour. And I've got so much baggage in my life. And I'm carrying around so much heart. And now now it's hard to live for God just because of the weight I have inside of my life. Just because I'm clouded by all the hurt and all the pain and all this stuff. And so you ask, how do I forgive? How do I get past that? How do I forgive when life hurts? How do I forgive what he said to me? How do I forgive what they did to me? And I want to wrap it around the first principle I really felt like God told me to tell you. And this could, I think this is probably the, sometimes I'll give it to you on the front and sometimes on the back end. This is probably, I'm going to front load this message and give you probably the biggest principle I think you can carry away from this. And I'm going to wrap it around a story in the Old Testament. If you're new to the Bible, the children of Israel had been in slavery in Egypt for 430 years. They were generationally slaves. And God calls Moses, you know this, Moses is a type of Christ, a deliverer, their Messiah, who brings the children of Israel out of captivity in Egypt. And, and, And Moses goes to Pharaoh and he says, let my people go. And him and Pharaoh go back and forth. And finally Pharaoh says yes. And there's this, God sends these nine disgusting plagues on, uh, on, on the Egyptians already. Because of all the rain, my house has been inundated with frogs. Anybody else? I don't know why I'm scared of frogs. Whatever, I'm scared of frogs. So they're, they're everywhere. There's a plague of frogs, everybody, all over Egypt. I mean, it's, it's just absolutely terrible. And now God is setting them up for the 10th plague, worse than all the other nine. And the 10th plague that Moses tells Pharaoh, here's the plague God's about to bring on, on Egypt, is, is the death angel is going to pass over all of Egypt and he's going to kill the firstborn of everything. Everything. Children, cattle, every, everything the firstborn dies of every home that, that hasn't killed the lamb and put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost. By the way, that's a type of your salvation. 
That's a type of your salvation. That's how, that, that's how you have eternal life is by the blood of Jesus on the heart, uh, uh, on the doorpost of your heart. Amen, everybody. And so that eternal life is, is given to you. And, and so this is what Moses tells the children of Israel. Here's what we got to do. You got, matter of fact, the Bible said every, God, I wish I could preach this. It said every family had a lamb for their own house. Listen close to me. You got to have something in your own house. You can't have it on your grandparents. You can't have it on your parents. The Bible said every family had a, every man had a lamb for himself, is the way the Bible says it. And they slaughtered the lamb according to, the God's, to, to God's law. And they put the blood on their doorpost. And, and Moses tells the people, we got to get out of here tonight. So you put the blood on your doorpost. And then I want you to eat quick. I want you to grab all your clothes. He actually tells them, maybe get a walking stick. None of them know they're 40 years worth of walking, but he says, get you a walking stick. And then, this is where the story picks up, and here's what God tells them. And this is the interesting part that I felt like God wanted me to tell you. Exodus 12 and 34, here's what it says. The people grabbed their bread dough before it had risen. That's unleavened bread. Before it had risen, they bundled up their bread bowls in their cloaks. They threw them over their shoulders. The Israelites had already done what Moses had told them. Now listen close. This is what Moses had already told them. And the Israelites had already done this. They had asked the Egyptians for silver and gold things and clothing. Get this in your mind. And God saw to it that the Egyptians were so tired of all the plagues. They said, girl, take these earrings. Get out. Go. Get, get, get all my, my jewelry box in there. Get everything you want. Get out. Get out. Just get out of here. I want you out. And, they, and, they, and the, 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 God caused them to like the people. And, and they gave them whatever it is that they asked for. And, and, so, and so here they go. The Egyptians are, are tired of the plagues. They say, here, take all of this stuff. Our civilization is being destroyed by God. They loaded them up with, with silver and gold and clothing. And then you fast forward. They get out. The children of Israel leave Egypt. Millions of them, most likely, leave captivity, cross the Red Sea on dry ground. The Egyptians are destroyed. God feeds them manna out of the sky. Quail because they griped about manna. And then God, about four and a half months into this journey, God calls Moses to the top of a mountain, Mount Sinai, today. God calls Moses to the top of the mountain, Mount Sinai. You can go there and you can see where God meets with Moses to give him the law, the Ten Commandments. And the Bible says that Moses is on the top of the mountain in this cloud, covered by a cloud, for 40 days and 40 nights. Now, I want you to catch this whole story in context. They have been slaves for 400 years. They have been free for four months. And Moses is gone for 40 days. And here's what happens. Exodus 32. When the people saw how long it was taking Moses to come back. Pause. Look at me. It's amazing how impatient we get with the promises of God. That God promises to heal you, deliver you, take care of you. You've been a slave 400 years. You've only been free 4 months. And 40 days seems like too long. They're so angry at how long it's taking Moses to come back down the mountain that they gathered around Aaron. This is the first church split. They go to somebody else on the dream team and say, we don't know what's going on with the preacher. He's losing his mind. Come on, they said, make us some gods who can lead us. We don't know what happened. This is how I know all the children of Israel were from the south. We don't know what happened to that fellow Moses. Only somebody from the south talks like that. We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses who brought us here from the land of Egypt. So Aaron said, the other, per, the other leader said, take the gold rings. Remember the things that God gave you? 
Remember the things that God gave you in that season. He said, take those, take them out of your ears of of your wives and your sons and your daughters and bring them to me. And so all the people took the gold rings, all the people took the gold rings from their ears, brought them to Aaron, and then Aaron took the gold, melted it down, and molded it, shaped it into into the shape of a golden calf. And the people saw it, and they exclaimed, O Israel, these are the gods. 400 years of slavery, 4 months of freedom, 40 days of no answer. And, And these are the gods that must have brought us out of the land of Egypt. And Aaron saw how excited the people were, because this is what preachers do. That whatever it is that makes you laugh, they just do more of it. <laughs> and so he built an altar in front of the calf. They took the things, listen close. They took the things that the Israelites had taken out of Egypt, gold and silver. They had just taken them a few short months earlier. And now they're becoming the things that they're worshiping. Listen close. When you look at your hurt and your pain, I think the biggest principle I can give you about forgiveness is this. Don't let the things, write this down, don't let the things that you've brought with you become the things you worship. I meet more people who worship their pain instead of the one who can deliver them from their pain. Don't let the things you brought with you be the things you worship. Don't let the pain of your past. I've seen people wear it like a badge. That They have all of this baggage, past hurts, past pains, past mistakes, past letdowns, past addictions, past habits, past scars, past bruises. That when you get the opportunity to start over, when God says, I want to free you and make you free, you say, wait, 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 I don't know if I want that. I still kind of like worshiping the past. I still kind of, I, I, I like wearing this because if I wear this, now I have something to, to carry around that everybody knows I've been hurt. I've been scarred. Now, I'm not trying to minimize your hurt or your pain. I'm just telling you what God told me to tell you. God told me to tell you, do not, at some point in your life, you're going to have to decide, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired of that thing. I'm, I'm sick and tired of complaining about what happened to me, how bad it was to me. I've now gone from just being hurt to worshiping my hurt. That I took the thing that reminded me of Egypt and I decided to make an altar to it. You say, nobody would do that. Until you live 20 years walking around the same thing. Worshiping. You don't know how hard it was. You don't know how bad I had it. Yeah, but you don't know where I come from. Yeah, but you don't know how bad my parents were. Yeah, that sounds good, Pastor. I know God's Word says I can be free. I know I find freedom inside of a small group. But if I find freedom there, then then what will I complain about? Then what will I wear as a badge of honor that I I get all this stuff wrong with me? And literally, 40 days is all they had to wait on Moses to come down from the mountain meeting with God. And they said, you know what, be honest with you, we kind of like carrying what we had with us. Don't worship what it is that you've carried. It's okay that, 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 that you have it. It's okay that you recognize that you've been hurt. It's okay that you acknowledge that you have pain in your life. But let's don't elevate it to the point where we worship what, what it is we brought with us. Say amen to that if you believe that, everybody. So what do we do? I got all this baggage. I'm carrying it around. I can't worship it. What do I do with it? Here's what Psalms 109.22 says. It, this is where David said, I'm poor and needy. And listen, this is kind of where I feel like some of us are. My heart is wounded within me i got a wounded heart. i got a wounded spirit. I, 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 how do I forgive when i got all of this problem? And David goes on to pray like this in Psalms 109.26. He said, help me, God. Save me in accordance with your love. 
Like I'm hurt, I'm wounded, I don't know what to do. And four verses later, he starts, he calls out to God. Now listen, the reason I started by telling you don't worship your pain is because I'm going to give you three powerful prayers that if you'll pray them, I think God will release you from that pain. But you have to commit, I'm not going to keep wearing this thing. I'm not going to keep carrying this around. I'm going to release the privilege of calling back to the hurt I had. I'm going to release the opportunity to worship the pain that I brought with me. And I'm going to pray. I'm going to give you three powerful prayers. We're going to end this very powerfully this series. That if you'll pray these prayers and you'll make them a part of your life, I think God will I think God will help you not only forgive the hurt, but I think you'll heal a wounded heart. I think I think you'll walk away healed of a wounded spirit. Here's the first one. Write this down. We got to hurry. God help me renew my mind with the truth. Write that in your notes. God, help me renew my mind with the truth. Write it just like that because I want you to pray it just like that. God, help me renew my mind. Help me renew my mind. God, I, I need a new way of thinking about this and I don't need it to be the lies that they said about me, the lies that the enemies used against me. God, I want to know the truth of God's Word, what you say about me, what you said about this situation, what you say is available to me. Renew my mind with the truth. Romans 12 and 2 says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but you can have transformation in your life if you'll figure out how to get your mind thinking the right way. Renewing of your mind. God, renew my mind. The, tr- the truth is, we, we hang on to the lies, and if you're not careful over time, you'll start believing the lies as the truth. You'll believe what somebody else said about you and those lies that they, that, and not just what they said, some of us, it's the hurt that happened to us and the enemy made his way in and now lies about, you know, all churches are like that. You know, all preachers, are, all Christians are like that. All husbands, the next husband you'll have, he'll be like that. Everybody treats you just like that. I've told you this before. I think the, I think the number one tool of the enemy, especially, especially, I think God deals with women in this area is a struggled relationship with their earthly father. Because if he can destroy your relationship with your earthly father, then he'll skew your relationship with your heavenly father. And he'll work his way in with all of that. And, and, and we've got this wrong mindset. I, it happens to me. Maybe you believe you could never have a good marriage. Or, or that you've been through too much. That you've seen too much. That's the wrong mindset. That's a lie. And you got to decide. I will not keep believing God You're going to have to put truth in my mind. Renew my mind with stuff that's true. You you may believe I could never make a difference in the world. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not talented enough. You listen to me very clearly. That's a lie from hell over your life. That is not true about you. you got to renew your mind with truth. I've met people who, who, who struggled with addiction who says, you don't understand, I just can't get over this. That is not true. It is a lie from hell that you'll always be what you've always been. Look at me in the eye. I'm anointed right now to tell you, listen to me, I'm going to set some of you free with this. God did, Jesus did not die to make you a better version of you. He died so He could make you a brand new you. He didn't just try to clean you up. He's going to completely resurrect your life. You get a brand new life in Christ. But the enemy tells you, oh, if you can just clean it up and manage your addiction. God doesn't want you to manage your problem. He wants to deliver you from your problem. You've got to renew your mind with that truth. 
That this is God's truth over my life. That I can get up. I've met broke people who said I'm always going to be broke and I can't ever get out of this cycle of poverty. It's always been, That's a lie from God. Listen, there's a wrong mindset that you got to go to God and go, God, there's some lies in my life. i gotta, I got to take those things captive. Renew my mind with truth. T- tell me what's true about me. T- tell me how you're our healer and that God can heal any and all of our diseases. Tell me how you bring joy uh, in the morning. Tell me how weeping just endures for a night, but joy can be can be renewed in my life. T- tell me how you're the lifter of my head. T- tell me how I can trade in my 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 garment of heaviness for for the garment of praise. I can just t- remind me. That you're for me. That your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Remind me that goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. Just remind me of the truth that that, that will replace the lies in my life. I'm telling you, you'll get past your past if you'll get a new mind. Is that helping anybody? Say amen to that. Ephesians 4.22 says, you were taught this. You were taught to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. And... It's not just enough for you to make a choice to move beyond them. You're going to have to be made new in the attitude of your mind. If you don't change your thinking, you will not change your life. You can't move on past a hurt until you change what's going on in your mind. God, renew my mind with truth. Say amen to that, everybody. Let me give you the second prayer. Write this down. God, help restore what's lost. I'm helping you forgive. We're going to God's word for how do I forgive the hurt of my past. God, help me restore what's been lost in my life. The years that I've lost. The the joy that I've lost. God, help me restore what what I feel like I've, I've lost potential. I've lost opportunity. God, restore what's been lost in my life. You say, you don't know how bad it's been. It doesn't matter how bad it's been. Let me give you the truth of God's word. Psalm 71 and 20 says, Though you have made me see troubles... Many and bitter. I've had a hard life. Things have happened in my life that have hurt me, scarred me. I've carried them with me. Yet you, God, you can restore my life again. From the depths of the earth, you'll bring me up. Let me tell you a better translation of that. It, wherever it is that you are, God said, I can go there. I can, matter of fact, the psalmist writes it like this. If I make my bed in hell, you're there. If I ascend to the heavens, you're there. When I turn to the right, you're there. If I'm on the left, You're there. In other words, there's no place you have gone that God can't fix, restore, and give you back everything that's been. There's nothing too far gone. It's just not too bad. Some of you are discouraged at this moment. You think there's just no way. I feel so low. I have no hope at all. Listen to me. God specializes in finding what's lost and restoring it. Jesus would tell these three powerful stories about a shepherd who has a hundred sheep. One of them wanders off and the shepherd leaves the 99 of those sheep and he finds that one that's lost. Then he tells same chapter, same parable about a woman who had ten coins and loses one of them and she tears the whole house apart to find the one coin that's lost. Then he tells the story about a father who has two sons and one of them ran off and that father would spend day after day week after week, month after month year after year on the edge of the town looking for, hoping for, praying for searching for his one son and the moment he finds the one sheep, the one coin and the one son, the Bible said he throws the biggest party because God cares about what's lost in your life God can restore what's been lost you say pastor you don't know I've lost a lot of years it doesn't matter, God will come find you and restore what's been lost to you 
There's a lot of water under the bridge is what we'll say. It doesn't matter. God can build a bridge. You, 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 don't know how, you don't know how bad it's been. It doesn't matter. You matter to God. You matter enough that He'll come help you find and restore the lost things in your life. What does God want to restore to you? Maybe it's your sexual innocence. Maybe you feel like I can't get that back. God can restore. God can restore your faith. I've always felt like one of the anointings on my life is that of a faith healer. Now, I don't mean like crusade, like even though I, 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 we, I would. <laughs> I, I do feel like God's called me to help heal your faith. Some of you have a fractured faith. I don't know if I can believe God again. And I think God's anointed me to tell you, you can trust God again. God can restore your faith in Him again. That you can believe that there's still good in this world. You say, you don't know how bad I've seen. God can restore your faith in people, your faith in ministry, your faith in church. Doesn't matter if you don't have any hope right now. He wants to give you hope in your life. He can restore intimacy in a relationship that's gone cold and dry and dead. He can put someone in your life that will love you and you can love. God can restore Restore what's been lost in your life. Say amen to that. Jeremiah says it like this. I will restore. You need to write this down. You need to put this verse in, 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 in lipstick on your bathroom mirror. Unless you're a guy. And then use soap. Use a bar of soap. Because men use bar soap. Come on somebody. Not body wash. Body wash for girls. We use. I'm kidding about that. I'm kidding about that. I like body wash. Anyway. Write this on your mirror with a bar of soap or a lipstick. I will restore you to health and heal your wounds, declares the Lord. I will restore. You need to say that to yourself every day you get. When the enemy tells you it's never, it's hopeless, it's never going to work out, you're never going to get back on your feet, you, you, you say, no, here's what God said. God said, I will restore me to health and he will heal my wounds. He will restore what's been lost. He specializes on restoring the lost. Shout amen to that. Let me give you the third prayer, but before I do, I want to tell you a story. I, I, I read it like a true story. I don't know if it's a true story or not. It's about a woman on the West Coast. People on the West Coast are crazy. I, there's some in this church, people in California, and she listed a 2004. That's true. She listed a 2004 Mercedes G-Wagon. You know what I'm talking about there? That's my car. If I ever hit the lottery, not that I play it, but if I ever did, if you play it and give me the ticket and we win, I'm getting a G-Wagon. She, put, she puts a, a 2004 Mercedes G-Wagon. It's black on black. Come on, somebody. Low mileage, loaded out the wazoo. She puts this, this car for sale in the newspaper, runs a big ad, big picture on there, and the price on the G-Wagon, 2004 low miles, black on black, is 50 bucks. Phone starts ringing off the hook. It creates the biggest stir. One guy, he's the first guy to call. He says, is this really for sale? She said, yeah, really for sale. He said, is it really $50? She said, yeah, it's really $50. He said, can I come right now and look at it? She said, yeah, you can come right now. So he, he, gets, he gets all the way there, and, and he drives there, looks at the car, and he's going, I can't, like, I can't believe this. It's like it's in immaculate condition. It's amazing. Is it really... Did you make a typo? Is it $50, $50,000? Like, what, what's wrong? Like, she said, no, it's $50. He said, I won't even haggle with you. I'm going to give you a full price. I brought a $50 bill with me. I'm, he, gives, he pulls it out of his wallet, hands her a $50 bill. He said, I'm going to pay cash. First time I ever paid cash for a car in my life. I'm going to pay $50 of cash in this car. And she's signing the title over to this guy. I read it like a true story. And, 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 and he said, you, I, listen, I have to ask you. Why, why are you selling this 2004 Mercedes G-Wagon, black on black, low mile? Why are you selling this vehicle for $50? She said, well, it's my husband's car. And he left me for a younger woman. And he's in another country playing around with that girl. And he said, 
that I could keep everything that we had in our marriage except for his car. And he told me, sell it, and whatever I get for it, send him the money. (laughs) Here's the last thing. Write this down. They're coming to play. God, help me release my offender. Here's the last powerful prayer that will help you forgive. God, help me release the one who's offended me. Not, Not get back at them. Not sell their car for $50. Help me release the offender. Because the truth of the matter is there's so many people carrying around the hurts of their past and bitterness and unforgiveness. Listen, some of you it's progressed to hatred. You don't know how bad they hurt and offended me. You don't know the the pain of my past. I'm giving you three powerful prayers that are... That'll help you forgive. You gotta start with your mind. You gotta get the right thoughts. You gotta not believe the lies of the enemy. You gotta ask God to restore the things that you've been, that, that you felt like you've done without. And then you have to ask God. And these are the words I want you to pray just like this God, help me release my offender. How in the world do you forgive somebody who did something unforgivable? How do you. How do you do? How, how do you forgive somebody that hurt you so bad? The Bible answers that too. Here's what it says: Colossians three and thirteen. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. How? This is how. Forgive as God forgave you. For those of you today that will release the baggage of unforgiveness today, today's the day. I think you're going to walk out of here free from it. It's time to lay it down. It's time to walk away from it. I, I'll, I'll explain it to you like this. Here, let, let me tie this up for you in a little bow because i gotta, I got to get you to prayer. and We'll pray these prayers. Anybody ever played the card game Spades? Anybody? Yeah, good. Only time I ever really enjoy it is when I have a trump card. If you played Spades... The, the trump card is the ace of spades. And whenever you have the ace of spades, you, you know you're going to at least win one hand. You get, you get that trump card. And a lot of people, when they're hurt by their past, they hold the trump card close to their hearts. And they know at any time in life, I have the upper hand because I've got the trump card of hurt. i got the trump card of offense. You hurt me. You wounded me. You were unfair to me. Therefore... It gives me the right to hurt you back or hurt everybody else in my life. I don't trust because you broke my trust. It's my trump card I hold close. So at any time that I feel like God's calling me towards trust, I just throw my trump card of hurt down. And I, that's, that's what I mean by worshiping the things you brought with you. I can gossip about you because I got the trump card. I can lie about you because I got. Tr- I could spread rumors about. You. I can be bitter, and if I ever get hurt or you ever get hurt, I can rejoice over your hurt because I got the trump card because you hurt me first. And we carry our offense as a trump card. I'm telling you, I'm gonna free some of your marriages. I see this in marriages more than anything because of what you did. I'm gonna carry this trump card for the rest of our marriage. And anytime you mess up, anytime you do, I'm throwing down that trump card. The offense, the hurt. And some of you walked in with that. You've been carrying it for so long. It's so dear to you that you begin to worship it. Yeah, but I lived a hard life. You don't know how hard it's been. Trump card. 
Yeah, but I, I boy, I've, I've faced a lot. You don't know. You don't know what they said. Yeah, Pastor, that sounds good. I'd love to get on mission and really make a difference, but I can't see past this pain. Trump card. I'd love to get in a small group and inside of a connect group, and I, I'd love to pray for each other and really get honest and raw, but you don't know. I couldn't get honest about this. Trump card. Before long, you start worshiping the thing that you brought with you. The thing that held you back becomes the things you worship. God is here today. To deliver you of your past. Maybe you've been carrying it so long that you've just you've, you've put this offense, this pain, your past on this pedestal. It's time to lay it down. It's time to take it to God. And here's the prayers I want you to pray. Close your notes. Bow your heads and close your eyes. I'm going to lead you in these prayers. And some of you, you won't pray it. It doesn't really matter what I ask you to do. Some of you just <laughs> aren't going to pray it. This one goes out to the people who are hurt. This prayer, this end, is for the people who are tired of being tired of that. You're sick and tired of carrying around the offense. There's some people who would prefer to spend another year dancing around, worshiping the pain of your past. But I, I, I want to pray for people who are ready to get on. Ready to get on with living the life God designed for you to live, the fulfilled life, the, the, the life full of passion and joy and peace where your marriage is healed, where, where life starts to make sense, where peace comes, where, where, where there's joy in doing the things that God called you to do, where you make a difference with your life, where you're fulfilled in the areas that God's called you to do. I, I want to talk to people who are ready to lay down their past and their hurt and their offense and if that's you, nobody's looking around. If that's you, would you just raise your hand and say, Pastor, include me in this prayer. Hands up all over. Come on, hands up. Include me in this prayer. I'm ready to get past it. I've carried this long enough. I've carried this offense. I see you. God sees your hand. Come on. I've carried this offense long enough. You can put your hands down. Here's the prayer I want you to pray. You don't have to say it after me, but you've got to say this. God, renew my mind with your truth. God, I replace all the lies that I've believed about myself that the enemy's told me that are true. God, the enemy can't, he can't tell the truth. He's the father of lies. I replace all of that. Renew my mind with the truth. I, I am who you say that I am. I have what you say that I have. God, I'm capable of what you say that I'm capable of. Whatever your word says about me, that's what I believe. Renew my mind with that truth. God, come on, pray this prayer. God, restore everything that's been lost in my life. God, I give you the years I feel like I lost being hurt and bitter. God, I give you the years of anger. God, I give you the relationship that I may have lost. I feel like I've, I missed so much. I've lost so much. I've lost so much opportunity. God, help me. Help me. God, restore what's been lost. You're the restore. You're the God who heals all of my wounds and restores my life. God, help me. Here's the last one. Come on, pray this in your own way. God, help me release my offender. God, help me to let go of, release. I release them to you. God, I will not carry the, the, the privilege of revenge because if I carry it, then you can't. So I release the privilege of revenge. I release the offense. Come on, say it out loud. I release the offender. Call them by name. I release the person who said that, who did that, who hurt me that bad. I release them to you. God, your word says you will repay. Vengeance belongs to God, not to me. 
So I release my offender. I believe you for healing and wholeness. I give you my whole life. If you've never prayed a prayer like that, everybody's praying right now. If you've never surrendered your whole life to Christ, this is the moment. Some of you are here. You, you may get healed from your past, but you've got to fill that back up with life in Christ. You've got to come back to God and go, God, I've emptied myself of all of that, but I need your spirit taking up residence in me. I need that, life, uh, that, that life-giving spirit filling all of those empty caverns of my heart. Every person in this room has a hole. You have You have a thing in your life that nothing can fill but Jesus. If you've never prayed a prayer of surrender, just say something that sounds like this. Lord Jesus, I give you my whole life today. God, I don't just empty myself, but God, I need you to fill me with your life. I need the Spirit of God living inside of me. So I repent of my sins. I give you all of my past, all of my pain, all of my mistakes. Every decision I make, I lay it at the foot of the cross. And because of the cross, because Jesus paid for that, I accept and receive the forgiveness you have for me. Because God raised Christ from the dead, I pray for that resurrection power in my life that fills my life. Every corner and crevice of my heart, fill me up. Be the Lord of my life. I surrender to you today. Some of you, I surrender again to you today. In Jesus' name. And everybody shout a big amen.